Today on the show, we're talking about saving money on groceries. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host Trevor, and today we're talking about saving money on groceries. Yeah, so saving money on groceries, I thought this is a good topic because everybody eats, so this is, a, this is something everybody who listens to this has to do at, at, at some level, and you might as well get be good at it because you're going to do it all the time. And I like this topic because it has like a lot of issues in the personal finance realm. This is one that really evolves as you age and as you progress through stages in your life, whether that be moving out from from home and maybe living on your own to being empty nesters as your family has transitioned out on their own. So I think there's definitely a lot of of nuances and and ways that you can constantly look at your budget at your I just I just the way you approach grocery shopping to make those adjustments. Well, and the thing with this one is you don't sort of wean yourself onto grocery shopping. You go from eating your parents' food to eating your own food. I mean, it, it, it generally happens overnight. You, you go from being somebody who never grocery shopped to somebody who has to grocery shop. So it, it's not something you can you, you ease your way into and, and get good a little bit at a time. You, this is something you got to get, you have to learn all of a sudden. So for the purposes of this episode, I just before we hit record, I looked up, I'm just curious to see what the average expenditure per household was in Canada for for, for groceries in, in particular. There is a whole other stat detailed outlining the spending that we do at restaurants, and, and that number is a little alarmingly high. But for groceries, they, so Stats Canada says that we spend eight thousand five hundred and twenty seven dollars per year trevor that number sounds low or, or maybe maybe i'm just kind of off base here this is from 2017 too well groceries can be a clouded number right it, it can include your cleaning supply it, it include everything that you buy at a grocery store which could distort the the grocery number i i think eight thousand dollars is uh, I, I would agree with that number. I, I think it's spot on because you could go from a, a, a family of two to a family of four. I mean, it's an average. So I, I think that's a reasonable number. I, I could buy in $8,000 a year. No, I, I guess when you do look at a family of four, th- that would make sense. So, I mean, this is a pretty large number and we are going to dive into, because there's really two main sections of this show. So we're going to talk about why you want to get good at grocery shopping and then we're going to talk about how to save money on groceries. And again, this is an, an issue. This is a thing that we all engage in. So why not get good at it? Yeah, this isn't something you can opt opt out of. It's, it's something you, you should be good at. And I, I love doing the why. Because if I convince people why you should want to be interested in this, then the how becomes really easy to to convince people of. So I, I really am a fan of the why to and then the how to. So let's jump in. And I just want to say that if you're ever interested in a topic of any kind, regardless of what it is, okay, surrounding personal growth, don't waste your time on the how-tos until you understand why you think it's important to you. Why? Just say you want to get into yoga. Just say that's something you, and you're watching how-to videos on YouTube and you're you're reading books on, on how to do yoga. Spend some time understanding why you want to do yoga. Understand why that's why that's going to be important to you. Why you want to invest the time into it. And once you understand why you're doing it, you'll be so motivated that that the how tos will be seem so easy. So I used yoga as an example. Just say you're going to the gym to work out and you want exercise and and you're you you're reading books on weight training and and cardio and and all the how tos. Figure out why that's important to you because that will help you with the motivation to stay focused and stay on task and, and, and figure out how will be super easy. So I, I always do that with myself. I, I dig into the why I want to do this first. That's so good. I mean, off topic, but I, I the, working out in the gym in particular, that figuring out my specific why to was the reason that I actually was able to therefore move to the how-to. And like you said, the how-to is easy. And circling back to grocery shopping too, I mean, why you should why you want to get good at grocery shopping is definitely going to... We, we have four reasons listed here. And maybe I, I, everyone listening, listening to this might have their own reason. But I agree with you, Trevor. That is so key. 
So we're gonna, we have four here. And I'm curious to hear if your your kind of prime reason is one of these four, if there may be all four of these. But we'll start with number one. Number one is you get an opportunity to get this right or wrong every single week. So it's like people will invest a great amount of time into buying a house because it, it is the biggest expense you'll ever have. But you do it so infrequently that getting good at it, it by the time you do it this, the next time, it, it, what you, the skills you used last time are irrelevant the next time. But groceries, you, you get this wrong, you get this right every single week. What an opportunity to save money. To, to get this right, it, just say you got this right every other week. Just say you had weak moments throughout the month and you, you messed up. You're 50% better. So it's and well, okay. I, this is another example I use. When you're buying, I, I always put a lot of emphasis on buying used cars, and I we really talk very little about buying houses. And it's it's because you buy cars more frequently than you buy houses that you should you need to get good at buying cars, used cars. So groceries you do even more frequently. So anything you do with frequency, the the dollars are significant. Courtney mentioned eight thousand dollars a year. You should, this is opportunity. This is low hanging fruit. This is a way to, to change your financial picture. And we always talk about how powerful it is to look at the variable expenses in our life. Yes, we can kind of assess our fixed expenses, but I mean, nothing is more variable in our life than, than the groceries we buy each week. That is so, there's so much room to, like Trevor said, get it wrong or get it very, very right. So that's number one. That's the first reason why you should want to get good at grocery shopping. Number two is, uh, like like we've been saying, it is a high expense. And and Trevor, you said it, this, so number two, it should be your third highest expense. So if the average person, you've got your mortgage, that's probably your biggest expense. Then, I, I'm, not, I'm not condoning it, but you, you probably got a, a car payment and all the expenses that go along with the car. That's probably your next highest expense if in your itemized budget. And if everything's going well, your third highest expense is groceries. So if you think of you bought your house, that's a, that's a an expense you can't do much with. It's it's fixed for if you have a five year term in your mortgage, that's locked in for five years. You can't change that. You, you know all the you you can't alter that. That that you're stuck with that for five years. You sign up for a car loan. I, I condone three year car loans if if they're required at all. So you, that's a three-year expense. You're stuck with that that car loan for three years and in the insurance and all the other expenses go with your car. But the groceries, that is 100% variable. I mean, you need a certain amount of food to survive. Your, your family does. But it is, uh, it, it is 100% variable. And in my world, so the groceries, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a car payment. The groceries represent my biggest expense in my budget. It is the number one cost. So if you're looking at how can I save money, how can I reduce my expenses, you will often, you, it makes sense to start with your biggest expense. So in, in a perfect world, groceries would be your largest expense. I, I think that's, that's the utopia of, a, of when I look at someone's budget. So if I'm trying to alter my spending, my, my biggest bang for my buck is going to be groceries because that's my biggest expense. And it's the one I can influence the most. So the why you should want to get good at it is that at some day you should hope this is your biggest expense, which represents your biggest opportunity for savings. So I, I, I cannot agree more with that. And I, I do want to bring this up just because we're talking about large expenses, but from Stats Canada 2017. So this is, this is still, this is a few years ago, but the, um, the total average expen- expenditure for food purchased from restaurants was $2,593. So, I mean, when we're talking about large expenses in our life, obviously it's not as big as the amount of food that we'll buy from a grocery store, but that is still a large amount of money as well. Um, in, in contrast to kind of this very large expense that is nourishing us. So I want to go on a little tangent about restaurants. So you should never eat in a restaurant of any kind, anywhere for the purpose of hunger, meaning you are hungry, therefore you're eating in a restaurant. The only time I eat in restaurants is for uh, a special occasions. It's entertainment. It is, it is camaraderie. It is, it's getting together with people. That I use a restaurant as a meeting place f- for family and friends. It, 
we also, I, I mean, I meet with family and friends in my home and we eat meals here as well, but sometimes that's not convenient or, or not an option. But you, if you're, if you are eating in a restaurant because you are hungry, you have done some terrible planning. You, you, you didn't eat before you left. You didn't pack a lunch on your way. You've done something wrong. I mean, so don't, don't be, eat. so I don't like to confuse the money I spend in restaurants with the money I spend on groceries because I'm not eating in a restaurant for nourishment. I, it, it is, it has nothing to do with food. It is, it's to me, it represents a meeting place. So when I hear the restaurant thing, I, I, I don't look at it and say, well, that could have been grocery money. Cause in my world, that's never the case. No, I, I could not agree more with your point, but my fear is that Stats Canada isn't taking Trevor's logic into account, which is why that I find the stat a little bit uh, alarmingly high. No, and I agree, I, so that I agree with that 100%. I, in fact, you go to restaurants where it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. I mean, I, I don't go to these places, but they drive me crazy. What is that Chinese food restaurant? It's it's an all you can eat. Uh, Mandarin. The, the Mandarin. The Mandarin. Oh boy, it, I I think the last person I talked to that went there was it was twenty four ninety nine, per per person, all you can eat. And so if you're going to an all you can eat restaurant and you're spending twenty four ninety nine, I don't doubt you're eating a lot of food, but for twenty four ninety nine, if if you took two people out there, that's that's fifty bucks. You can you can get a lot of groceries in a cart for fifty bucks. Like it, it's not the deal you think it is, and you're you're being forced to cons- I I hear people talk about their their experience at the Mandarin. You're being forced to consume as much food beyond full. You're you're eating because you're, you're trying to maximize your dollars. This is what people tell me, and they're they're, they're so you're eating beyond the point of of nutrition. You're eating as gluttony to fill yourself to to think you got your money's worth. And all you're doing is harming your health. Uh, all you can eat restaurants, if, if you're going to that, it, it, chances are it's not for gathering and meeting of, in, in gathering of people. So I, I'm tangenting, tangenting, that's not even a word. I'm going on a tangent so hard right now when I say this, but this is another thing that kind of bothers me. Um, so it, it, it kind of it relates to that whole one meal is $25, so two meals is 50 and you're like, oh, that, that's not that bad for what we're getting. That That's kind of the, the theory. And I hear this all the time, too, with, with other smaller purchased uh, restaurant items. It, pretend it's maybe like $10 for a salad. And, and you're like, oh, that's, that's not that bad. I'm getting a nutritious salad. But then I love taking it back and saying, okay, well... What is what what is that how could how many salads could you make at home for that same price and how many ingredients could you buy to make that to last long and I think that's a key piece that is often forgotten is that well you know like $10 for a salad okay but those ingredients they're going to last you longer and I, I that's kind of my my pet peeve when you kind of look at how the just the cost of the cost of food and and how long that experience is going to last after you purchase it it's terrible markup. Here's an example here. I like to do sort of correlation. So I'm a fan of credit cards. I use a credit card all the time, but it is the most expensive. Like, so I use it as a form of payment, my credit card. I love credit cards. They're very secure. I use it as a form of payment, but it is the most expensive form of credit you can ever use. So I'm not a fan of the credit aspect of a credit card. I'm a fan of the payment aspect of a credit card. So I'm a fan of restaurants as a meeting place, a gathering place, an experience. But from a nutrition standpoint, it is the most expensive nutrition you'll ever get. It's a terrible form of nutrition financially. So I, I, I use both of those things, but I use them for the specific purposes that, I, that they meet my needs. That's so good. And I do love circling back to kind of what you were saying to start off with using restaurant as entertainment. It, it's all about perspective. And I, I really do love that that mind, mindset shift around what a restaurant represents. So to, to bring us back to our list and offer tangents, the third area uh, or third reason why you should want to get good at grocery shopping is that these are valuable life lessons for your children. So a lot of people, the the grocery shopping is not a fun experience. They 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 just want to get it done, get out, get home, make the meal. I, I get it. We all get busy lives, but this if you want your children to if you want to give your children lessons in life, one of them I've I've said right at the front is we don't the, grocery shopping is not a choice. It's not something you can opt out of. 
So the sooner you can expose your children to grocery shopping and good practice grocery shopping, you know, good practices, uh, well thought out grocery shopping, not something you're you're squeezing in at the end of the day, but it's a planned event. You you get your kids thinking like that at a young age, and that that will just be what grocery shopping is. So it's an opportunity to teach your children and, and pass down a legacy of of how to gather food in an economic efficient manner. Oh, I love that, and it, it really becomes this kind of family bonding experience it, from what it sounds like, and it's almost that that built-in response, I'm hungry, we need something to eat, let's go to the grocery store. Not let's go to a restaurant, but let's go to the grocery store. So when my kids my kids were younger, we, we, we had a family of five. Everybody but the dog <laughs> would go grocery shopping, okay? They all, so the five of us would pile into the van, <clears throat> we'd drive to the grocery store, we'd get our groceries in. There was, that was, there was kind of three reasons I did it. So one was, I don't want anybody saying there's nothing to eat. So we're all in the grocery store together. I mean, it's not carte blanche. You can't pick anything you want. It has to be nutritious food. We weren't buying any junk. So I bring my kids along and I would say, you know, pick out the bread you want, pick out the whatever you want, but obviously I'm not going to let you fill the cart with junk food. So you can't say there's nothing to eat. There's nothing nothing for me to eat. So that's number one. So number two was, I want them to see that this is an important skill. Like none of us get a pass on this. We all have to participate. So that's two. And three is when we got to the register, I would, me and my wife would start to speculate on how much we thought it would cost. And we would just start, you know, saying uh, it's probably $300. And then I'd say, you know what? I think it's $302. <laughs> and then we started playing a game, right? And so she said, you know what, it's probably $315. And then the kids started playing it. And the whole thing of getting the kids to play this game was they understand the cost. Now, when they were really young, they didn't know what $300 was. But the more we talked about it and the older they got and they understood money, they got what groceries were and how much they cost. So it's it's really an experience that your children, you shouldn't rob them of. It's definitely an important life lesson as is learning to do laundry, learning to do things around the home that help contribute to the household community. We, I know we talk about it before that the society of our house, kind of that makeup, Go, but going to, so I, I love that. And, and I want to say, I, I, I even dragged my kids when they were teenagers. So you, you could imagine how hard it would be to drag teenagers, but you, you can't just take a 13 year old kid, pluck them out of their social life and say, we're going grocery shopping. That doesn't work. You got to start when they're like five. And they just know that they're coming grocery shopping. It's just what we do. So you can't, okay, you probably could start when they're 13, but it's going to be miserable work, right? So you got to start when they're young. So when they get to be teenagers, they just know they have to go. It's just something they do. That, that That's one of the keys. And I want to say that game we played where we guessed how much it was, my kids won that contest more times than than I did by the time they were teenagers and understood money. They actually their mental math skills were better than mine. They, they, were, they were better at that game than me and my wife by the time they were teenagers. So that, I, I kind of want to zero in on that really, it sound, what sounds like a fun grocery shopping mentality. Was that just fostered with purpose? Kind of how the family unit rolled into the grocery store, shopped, made it this enjoyable experience where they would maybe even want to go as teenagers? Or was that kind of just an accidental evolution of, how how can we make grocery shopping still fun and enjoyable for our teenagers? Well, it kind of started out where you 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 can't leave your kids at home when they're young, so you take them grocery shopping, right? You you if you don't have a babysitter and you're going grocery shopping, you can't just abandon your children at home. They're they're under the age of twelve. You you need to they need to have a parent. So we would take them with us, and once they got to be old enough that they could have stayed home, I just didn't make it an option. You had to come with us. For, for all the reasons I described. So it was just, and the other thing is grocery shopping, and we're going to get into this later in the episode, but it can't be this thing that you're squeezing in at the end of the day. Like it has to be a planned event. Like, okay, my schedule is not so rigid that Tuesday's grocery shopping day. I don't care if it's your birthday. <laughs> we're going grocery shopping. Like, it's, I wasn't that rigid, right? So we, we would, one night a week, we did groceries. And you would, you would tell everybody, 
early in the week when it would be like, don't plan anything for Thursday after supper. We're going grocery shopping. So everyone would just know to be around Thursday evening because we're getting groceries. So that's kind of how how we rolled, right? It was it was a planned event. It wasn't something we did when we ran out of food. I mean, that's a terrible approach to groceries. Oh, there's no food here. We better go get something. That's so good. I love that. And, and my final question just around bringing children into the fold before we move on to the final uh, point within this section is, so you did you kind of you did obviously mention how you focused on the end total, but what about were there any strategies implemented implemented more at the individual item level while you were shopping? Was there I, you 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 made mention of the fact that kind of more unhealthier options were turned down in favor of healthier options, but was there any focus? We all know grapes have a more expensive time of year, and just even healthy items have a more expensive um, in inexpensive versus expensive time of the year. So was there any focus around kind of price sensitivity to specific items or, or any talk around how that was, what was enforced, I guess, against being put into the cart? Well, so I remember grabbing a bag of grapes in January <laughs> and they were like 15 bucks for the bag. Oh. I, I remember, you know, there's a scale, I would weigh them, I'd figure out how much they're going to cost. And I would explain, you know, the, these same grapes were like $5 in the summer they're $15 in the winter. That's why we're not buying them. So I would absolutely take the time to explain how these fresh fruits and vegetables uh, cost more out of season. So that was an education that was happening all the time. Yeah, no. I, and because as a, as a child, you probably have no idea why your parents are putting grapes back on the shelf just because it's a, a different different month or different time of the year. So that's I love that. So finally, in our item of why you should want to get good at grocery shopping, our fourth and final item within this list is that, and I mentioned this earlier in the show too, but this is an evolution. What worked when you were a single won't work with a family. So this is, you should want to get good at this and you should want to have a grocery shopping philosophy that that's going to evolve. You, you, life in the the world doesn't stand still you you have to be wanting to get better or evolve with the time so what a single person buys when they're grocery shopping in terms of quantity and types of food you look in that person's cart and you look at a cart with a family of five and you would swear those people were shopping in two different stores because you're, you're you're shopping for completely different things so it is a a evolution you don't just like don't get stuck in your ways don't 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 think uh, it actually in life in general you should want to evolve evolution is so important that's what you can't in fact here's a so you you can't eat the food you ate when you were 20 when you're 40 if you do if you keep eating and consuming the same food when you were 20 when you're 40 you are going to be overweight and unhealthy because what you can get away with when you're 20, you you can't get away with your your body, your metabolism. Slow, I, I'm not a doctor, but I know your metabolism slows down. You don't need n- near as many calories because you're not growing anymore in, when you're 40. In fact, if you keep eating like you're 20, you are going to keep growing when you're 40, just in the wrong direction. <laughs> so I, I think just because your body your your body needs different nutrition when you get older that alone is a reason to evolve with your grocery shopping you've gone through and i don't want to sidetrack this conversation too much but you've gone through the evolution of being just you and your wife introducing a kind of a, a full boatload of kids so three it's it's enough to make a family of five and then your kids have now left. So how is it? Obviously your food choices, I'm sure have changed between um, your family, but was that more of a natural progression, just kind of evolving about how you were thinking about your grocery shopping or was that a tough adjustment or, or something that just came, like I said, intuitively? No, the more people you have in your house, the, the more inefficient your groceries are. So when we had a family of five, we, we spent a ton on groceries and then my, my twins left to go off to university and I had one child left at home. And so our grocery bill went down, but not dramatically. But when my last child left home for good, our grocery bill, I, I think it was about probably cut in half. And it's not because of my daughter, my, my, my youngest child when she left. It was just one less 
variety you were trying to satisfy. And so now it's just me and my wife. We eat the same food. We're the same age. We have the same nutritional requirements. We want the same things out of food. And our bill, like we are, there's no waste in our groceries at all. Our consumption of food is so efficient. And I'm not blaming my daughter. It's just that one other person with that different appetite, you know, she's interested in different foods than we were. Uh, not like dramatically, but slightly different. And like condiments. I We don't eat condiments. My daughter enjoyed condiments. Well, you buy condiments for one person. Sometimes they go bad. You got to throw them out. That's the kind of inefficiencies I'm talking about. So our grocery bill, when, when that last child left, was cut in half and it, it was dramatic. So that's an example of the evolution. And it, th- that like just dollars and cents does make sense. And I, I'm honestly, I'm still kind of reeling in the fact that while some parents were eager to maybe not drag their kids to the grocery store, that you, it was something you and your wife embraced. And I, I that's definitely, there's, there's a lot to say to that. And just the thing about grocery shopping. So if you think of most grocery stores, how they're organized is the perimeter is all the whole foods. You've got your breads, your meats, your fish, and your vegetables. All around the perimeter of the grocery store is the whole foods. That, that's, that's where I, I call the quality foods. And down the middle aisles is all the value-add food, all your canned goods and your pre-made meals and your you know, uh, salad dressings and, and, and box cereals and all that stuff is in the middle. And so in a perfect world, from a cost standpoint and a health standpoint you would fill your cart i'd say 60 to 75 percent would be the whole food sections and then so this is what we do we do not go down every single aisle of the grocery store we do the perimeter so all the whole foods we, we cover that completely and then we just go down the aisles we know we need stuff on and that's it we do not go down every single aisle because we're going to get this later, but there's a lot of marketing on those aisles and you can get sucked in pretty easy. So to just go down the aisles that you know you need stuff on. They, they got signs there listing the kind of foods that are on each aisle. You, you don't you don't have to go down because if, if you are if you go down and just get what you need to come back out of those aisles, you will save a ton of money. But if you go down there window shopping down each aisle, you will fill your cart with stuff you, you don't need financially and you don't need nutritionally either. I, I'm just laughing at the way that you said come back out. It's like this vortex that you can get lost in and it's true. I, well, here's, I, what I, here's what I do. I, I probably annoy people. I leave my cart, not blocking the aisle, but at the end of the aisle. So I don't actually push my cart down the aisle. I leave it at the edge of the aisle, not blocking it like a, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just annoying. There's people that do that. But I leave my cart there, it's kind of out of the way. I walk down, get one, walk back to my cart. So that's kind of how I <laughs> in and out, I in and out of the aisle. I love it, the strategy. So we're kind of moving now into our talks, kind of shifting into the how to, kind of part of how to grocery shop. So, Trevor, you've laid out ten fabulous strategies about how to save money on groceries, and I'm excited to dive into these. So number one, and this is the big one that it comes to our mind when we think about grocery shopping, and this is just to set a realistic budget. So before we get into that. I just want to say that my how-tos are not, like if, if you ask somebody, you know, give me some advice on grocery shopping. And they may say, well, just go to Costco, right? Just, just say that was your advice. Well, well that, that doesn't give you any philosophy on, on, on how to, you know, navigate Costco or, or go to Loblaws or go to No Frills, right? If you just say, the, there's no how-to in that, right? That's just a, a store, right? You, you, you could still lose your mind and, and spend money carelessly at those stores, you want to know somebody's philosophy on how to save money on groceries. I just want to do a, a quick little rant on Costco because a lot of people are going to listen to this and that's their go-to solution. I shop at Costco and I save a ton of, people tell them to me, and I save a ton of money. So I got a couple of problems with Costco. We did a whole show on it, but I'm just going to go over some of them here. I don't doubt for a minute, there's some volume discounts at Costco. In fact, I've walked through that store and there absolutely is volume discounts. And I got a problem with buying food in large volumes. I think it alters your consumption of that food. I think you will subconsciously consume more of it or consume it carelessly because you know you have this large quantity. 
also the store is laid out to uh, manipulate you. It, when you walk through a Costco door, you got to pass all the consumer electronics. And if you can get past that, if you have a, if you're really strong, and you don't throw a 55 inch TV in your cart, you you get past that, and you don't add some Bluetooth speakers and all that stuff. If you can get past all that, then there's a bunch of books and clothes. And let's just say you you can get past those. Maybe you throw in a couple of books and a T-shirt. So now you're finally at the food. Your cart's about half full, but mind you, those Costco carts are quite large. So no fear, no fear here. You can you still got room for food. And then you start throwing stuff in there, and you start buying stuff just because it's a deal, right? You you might not need ten cases of crackers, but man, I mean, ten boxes of crackers, but that's a deal. You 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 can't pass it up, and you throw it in. I'm saying, you know, dollars. If you look at the, what you bought and and how much it costs, you could say, I save money. But when you start saying, do I actually need any of this stuff? Is, is this actually needs or wants? Or is it just shiny? And ask yourself, is it is it needed? And I'm going to say, if you're honest with yourself, you, you probably didn't need all of it. So you've, you've lost some money there. And I have a real problem with having to pay someone for the right to shop in the store. And I know what the listeners were saying. Oh, if you spend over a certain amount, you you get a cash back. So they give you the money back for your membership. Well, you know what they're telling you at that point? They're saying, we made enough money off you that we'll give you your membership fee back. So that the, all you've done is you've, you've incurred the risk that maybe you don't spend enough money there to get your membership money back. So, and then if there isn't a Costco in your town, you're traveling, like for me, I'd have to drive an hour to go to a Costco. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you not to shop at Costco, but that's why I don't believe in Costco myself. Okay. Rant's over. And if you do want to listen to more of our Costco talk, that episode, uh, does Costco really save you money is episode 133 and newsflash, whichever you can kind of tell her Trevor stands on that, that stance, but it was a really, really uh, fun episode. So yeah, that was episode 133. If you do want to go back and listen to it. Well, we are talking though about Costco, so a place to shop at. I do have a question for you when we are, I mean, this kind of really does go into point number one here, set a realistic budget, but the place that you shop at, I mean, this is, I think this is a huge question that comes to mind. We have, if anyone's familiar are fam- familiar with Farm Boys or Whole Foods, they are uh, two different grocery stores. There's whether they actually have higher or lower prices than maybe a store like No Frills or just any one. So they all, I guess, have perceived stigmas attached to the prices and whether maybe they're real, maybe they're not. Trevor, how big of an impact would you say that the store that you shop at has and do you have any recommendations? So I shop at No Frills. That's the store I go to. And I think I could find things cheaper at Walmart or Metro or Loblaws. I could find, but but I could also find things more expensive at those stores. So I, I have a theory that it, it, if one of those stores was dramatically more expensive than everybody else, they'd be out of business. So I, I think they they have lost leaders to get you in the store, right? They, they, they mark things down to, to draw people in. But I think what I recommend you do is don't, Remember how I said grocery shopping is evolution? Don't go, don't, don't go to no frills because you've always gone to no frills. Change it up. Go to different stores and just see what the experience is there. See what kind of prices there are. I, we change grocery stores, I'm going to say, four times a year. We will shake it up and go to different grocery stores. Sometimes stores carry different foods too. So it, it, it's... It's kind of the, it, I mean, my life's not that boring, but it's a bit of spice in life, right? You change your grocery store up and, you know, shake shake things up. Don't, don't get stuck with one store. No, I love that because I think that's always the question on our mind is, oh my gosh, my gro- the, there's this sense that you want to blame the grocery store that's in your local neighborhood uh, because that's the one that's maybe most convenient. So I do love the fact that you, you do, you can be a little bit savvy about it. Actually, what, one thing I'll do, so just say I need to get groceries and it's Saturday. Just say that's, you know, that's going to work out. We were busy through the week, so we have to go on a Saturday. 
Well, there's certain stores that are just chaos on Saturday, and I, I, I'm not going to shop there because it's just I'm going to be miserable. The, 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 the store is just going to be packed. And there's other stores you go, if, if they're busy on Sundays, or you, you get to know the stores that are, they get really get jammed up on certain days of the week. I know we have a grocery store for some random reason on Thursday evenings. The place is a zoo. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, random. I know. So I just don't go there on Thursday nights. So you get to know. But by by switching it up and changing stores, you 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 kind of get a feel for you know when it's good to go there and when it's not. I like that. That's great advice. So I, I do want to ask you though about point number one, set a realistic budget. So what does this look like for you? Do you have a, is there a dollar figure you go with? Like how, how does this, how does this look for you in your life with your budget? Well, there's no sense giving my dollar figure because me and my wife, we're vegans and I'm not judging people who aren't, but that there's a, a cost associated with being a vegan versus be, you know, having a, a being a meat eater or a vegetarian. Uh, the, vegan isn't necessarily cheaper in some aspects it's more expensive so uh, there's no sense throwing a number out there but the whole thing of a realistic budget is don't set your budget at say five thousand dollars and get really annoyed every month when you you overspend that budget you set a budget but make sure it's something you can actually achieve because if you just set a budget really unrealistically low and every month you overspend your budget that budget number becomes meaningless, right? You know you're going to overspend that number every month. So it, it no longer represents a, a gatekeeper to how much you spend on groceries. It just, it just represents a number that you know you're going to overspend. So by setting a realistic budget and just say you grocery shop four times a month and you've got a monthly number, well, by the time you get to that fourth grocery shopping of the month, you, you really are on a budget. Like, there's a limit to how much you can spend, like that, that becomes a very restrictive number on that last grocery shopping of the month if you're going to stick to your budget. So, but set a realistic budget and just say you're, you you want to reduce, you say you want to save $100 a month on groceries. Just say that's a goal you put out there. Well, don't just say I'm going to save 100 bucks on groceries. Figure out what you're going to not buy specifically. Name the food, name the product you're not going to buy and make sure it adds up to 100 bucks a month. Like just say, I'm not going to buy pop anymore. Well, it, it make if, if your goal is to save $100 and you said, okay, I'm not going to buy pop, if that only adds up to $40, you got $60 more of, of savings to find and, and assign a name to it. Like, okay, and now I'm not going to buy you know sugary cereals anymore. Okay, just say that saves you 10 bucks a month. So, so now you've got 50 bucks. So you got to find 50 more dollars. So just say, oh, well, I'm not going to buy steaks. And you put a number, but don't just say I'm going to save money. Put a, a name of the product you're not going to buy that represents those dollars. That is so good. That being specific, I, I I'm just thinking in my head how valuable that that is, and it's it's so true because being general never works, and I think we all know that. I love that. So so that's number one. Set a realistic budget and. And Trevor, a question for you actually too around this. When you finally, you and your wife were finally empty nesters, how tempting was it? And I, again, we all know that your retirement is on the horizon and that financial independence was definitely, it is a, reaching that was a, it was a, a goal. But how, how tempting was it to kind of be a little more relaxed with your grocery budget after you were empty nesters then it kind of really being strict with it yet again as as you did have a little bit maybe more money in that area well not to get too much into this but raising a family my, my wife stayed home so i i raised the family and and covered all the expenses on a single income and then when my wife did go back to work we didn't just start spending that extra income so so we we've never really we, we've cha- funneled that into investments so we've never really had this free cash flow of, of two incomes in our lives ever. So it's not like uh, there was this surplus of money just pumping in into the the household. We, we've been strategic with it. So I, I don't know that we've ever, ever designed a life, a financial life where there's this excess cash just sitting around to be spent on whatever. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Number two, so let's move on to number two. Number two and the second point of how to save money on groceries is shop from a list and a menu. Marketing can be powerful. So if you've got a young family, 
in your I, I I go with families a lot because you you want I I know my kids when we had a young family they they, they like variety in their menus right in their meals so my my wife would design a, a weekly menu of dinners. So we work, Monday, we're going to eat this. Tuesday, very deliberate. You know, each day of the week, this is what we're going to have for supper. And it, it might be a three-course meal. So she would, does, she would that would be the menu for Monday. So when you're going grocery shopping, think about the menu of food you're going to prepare for your family. So it's not just food. When you're buying the food, think of the meals you're going to prepare. So that's, and then the, the ingredients those meals need. So it's a very deliberate process. If you're just throwing food in your cart because it's food, you're going to end up with a bunch of ingredients that don't add up to meals. So shop from a menu. And then with the menu, you, you're not going to get sucked into the marketing of, of, that you see in grocery stores, right? Like these, um, uh, one thing my kids used to get sucked into with these these frozen pizzas. I mean, they would look so delicious on the box. <laughs> I mean, they would look, I mean, you just want to sink your teeth into it right there in the grocery store, even though it's frozen. But you put it in your oven, that thing's terrible, right? So that kind of marketing can suck you in. So have a menu, stick to it. That's That's a great example. Number three is separate groceries from other expenses. And... This is something we never did. So when we looked at our groceries, it would be, you'd go to a grocery store and it'd be everything you bought, you'd put in your budget as groceries. And then you start talking to people and you'd say, hey, how much do you spend on groceries? And they'd, they'd quote a number and say, that's crazy. We spend like way more than that. And, you know, we're, we're not overweight or like we're not eating more food than we should. I, what are we doing wrong? And then you start peeling back the onion and you realize Everything in that grocery bill is everything the grocery store sells. Well, they sell cleaning supplies, garbage bags, uh, a lot of non-food, like uh, hygiene products, shampoo, you know, all those things, dish detergent, laundry detergent. Well, that's not all food. That's not that's not consuming. That's not food you're going to consume. But it was on our grocery bill, and it was distorting our number. So we were feeling bad about ourselves. We were saying, you know, we're terrible grocery shoppers. We we can't manage our groceries at all. And we, we were really hard on ourselves. And then once we started isolating those costs, then we started seeing the true cost of the food and we started feeling better about it. Here's a little trick my wife came up with. And uh, I didn't get it at first, but now I do. When you're loading the your your groceries onto the conveyor belt at the, when you're cashing out, put all your groceries uh, non-food groceries on the belt first so that's that was the tree and then once all those through, go through my wife takes a picture of the subtotal once those all go through and she she just subtracts that from the total and that's your total food bill so just a little life hack there Ooh, that's that so make good sense? did that make sense yeah that, yeah 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 no, I, that's, it's genius because it's so true. Things like that can definitely distort how much you actually spend on the things that you're going to put into your body. Number four, num- number four is shop at least once a week. So this is critical. You want to save money on groceries. You shop every single week. Don't, don't, so to, don't run your house right out of food. Because that then you're doing crisis management groceries, which is is a terrible way to get groceries. I mean, the, when you're doing crisis management groceries, just say you ran out of peanut butter, and everybody in your family has peanut butter. Well, when you and, and just say you had to have breakfast and lunch and no peanut butter, and everyone's miserable, <laughs> right? Everyone's just a bear, right? So the next time you go to groceries, you're, you're going to load up, you know, six or seven jars of peanut butter. We're never running out of this stuff again. You know, you, you end up filling your cart with that stuff. That you're just saying, what a mistake that was. And you end up overbuying peanut butter, right? And then every time you go grocery shopping, you're going to say, oh, we got lots of peanut butter. <laughs> Last time I went, I bought seven jars. And next thing you know, you look in there, where's the peanut butter? Well, we haven't bought it in forever. So now you got no peanut butter. So it, so shopping crisis management wise is, is terrible, but... It, the grocery, so you want to save money, it's going to require effort. And so going strategically every week is effort. But it, it can't be this side project you just squeeze in at the end of the day. It has to be this, like, don't, I don't, you don't have to put it on your calendar, 
but it has to be, you have to put aside time to do a deliberate, responsible grocery shopping where you're, you're looking at prices, you're looking at meals. If you just slip it in on your way home from work, I guarantee you're going to do a bad job. You're also going to be really hungry. And, and that, that's a point coming up later. But so this can't be a side thing. It has to be a deliberate activity that, that, that's built into your weekly schedule. And going m- not once a week is you, you, one of two things are going to happen. You, you're going to either, uh, you're, you're going to have bad nutrition, meaning you're going to, if you don't go once a week, you're not eating a lot of whole foods. You're eating a lot of uh, processed foods because they have a longer expiry date. So if, you, if you're not going every week, that second week, you're eating really bad food, a nutritious, nutritionally bad food. So that's another reason you want to go every week. So right now I can hear a bunch of listeners asking this question and it's one that I think I know I fall victim to this all the time myself. I was actually talking to my brother today. He falls victim to this too. He lives literally 10 giant steps away from grocery stores. So he's plagued by this too. What about and how significantly do you think that going grocery shopping when you need an item and picking up kind of odds and just little by little every other night every maybe you stop by every week on your way home from work like you mentioned how significantly and in what ways is that impacting your ability to save money in groceries like what are what are the actual consequences of doing that well i think you end up creeping into your budget limit like assuming you have a, a budget and you should and you've budgeted an amount for groceries i think if you're shopping a little bit every day and getting bits and pieces you're not shopping for menus you're not shopping strategically you are shopping in crisis management so you're you're not buying things with a a a, a vision of how you're going to eat for the week you're buying food with a vision of how you're going to eat like in the next 10 minutes so that i think that's a nutritionally speaking it's a poor strategy and, and financially speaking i think it's a really poor strategy so number five, and you alluded to this one moments earlier, number five is never shop while hungry or tired. So it, it, you've, I've seen, there's a commercial running right now about shopping when you're hungry, it's really dangerous. <laughs> and, and I believe it is. But it, it, so on the surface, you think, well, if you're shopping when you're hungry, you're going to buy more food because you're, you're, you think you're hungry. But when you're hungry and tired, your enthusiasm for doing this right is, is altered, right? You just want to get it done. Uh, in fact, when you're tired, it's even worse than when you're hungry. And, and you're, you're just, you, when you're tired and hungry, you just make bad decisions in general. You make bad life decisions. You make, you, you, you make bad decisions. You're weak. You are mentally weak at that point. And you're, you're just going to make bad decisions like you, you might be rude to people because you're tired and hungry. Like I mean, you're just going to be n- n- not in a good place mentally to do anything. Forget grocery shopping, but because you're trying to save money on groceries, I'm saying don't be hungry and tired. Obviously, the one where you're you're going to buy more food because your your mind's playing tricks with you, thinking you know I could eat six of these pizzas <laughs> right now, so I better buy I better buy twelve because I know when I get home I can eat six of these. So that that's the obvious one, but I think you 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 just make bad decisions. It's so true, and I think I think anyone listening listening to this podcast today would be lying if they said to themselves that it's never happened to them. And it's so true how, and especially in a grocery store. I mean, I when when you're maybe car shopping, it'd be probably being hungry and tired is not a good combination either. But I mean, that's a big purchase. You're probably not gonna just fall victim to a sixty five thousand dollar truck just because you uh, slept a few hours less. But when it comes to grocery shopping, doing this over and over again, it, like you said, week after week, it, it will eventually add up. Number six, this point is, I love this point. Number six is avoid value-added products. So the value-added products are the the semi-prepared foods that you can buy. You know, the, the ones where you just add water or you know, the thing that I see this in the produce section, it drives me crazy, is I'll see uh, cut apples in a plastic Ooh, container. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. That drives me crazy. Or uh, peeled oranges. You know, those things, they're marking them up. 
and there's extra packaging, which isn't good for the environment. That that's that's the worst value add going. But down any of those middle aisles that I was describing, that's all value added stuff. Right? This okay. Take salad dressings for an example. The salad dressings are are horribly unhealthy. I mean, they they're just terrible. You should be making your own salad dressings. Economically, it's it's cheaper, and the you're gonna I'm gonna say go online. You can search for some pretty healthy salad dressings that are very tasty, and they're a fraction of the cost and a hundred percent more healthy. But stay out of those those center aisles and, and the value added stuff. Oh, so here's another one. Just say you like oatmeal for breakfast. Buy a bag of rolled oats. Don't buy the prepackaged oatmeal with all the flavors in it. It's it's full of sugar. It you're paying a premium for it, and it's it's very unhealthy. Rolled oats and add your own healthy ingredients to it. So if if you can stay away from the value add food, I'm trying to think of some other ones because I don't I don't buy that stuff. So I, I I'm struggling to think of of the value add. It, it, the frozen section is just full of that stuff. You got the frozen pizzas and all sorts of frozen uh, lasagnas and prepared meals. I, I get that that stuff's convenient, you know, just pop it in the microwave or in the oven and it's done. But it, you're paying a premium and it's unhealthy. So I'm glad. I'm so happy you brought up the pre-peeled, pre pre-prepared vegetables and fruit because that that is it's 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 you're paying you really are pay for, paying for the convenience of it. and this this point actually goes back to what i was saying earlier about oh but trevor buying buying a like frozen pizza is going to be easier or, or cheaper than buying all the raw ingredients to make my own pizza crust and pizza ingredients but again it goes back to that whole thing where think big picture that the flour or whatever ingredients you put into your pizza crust are going to last a lot longer outlast that one frozen pizza that you do buy and I, I don't know why i always fell victim to that trap not, not my not myself but just kind of i find myself actually just stopping and rationalizing that when i am at the store sometimes Saving money is never going to be convenient and it's never going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Yes. Yes. One thing I do want to add in my, I guess this is a light, a little life hack here, but my favorite thing too. So I love trying to make, just challenging myself to try to make something I would buy, but from scratch. So lately my obsession to make, if anyone has tried them, they're just, you know, just chickies that you cook in the oven. So there's this really great kale salad, Caesar salad recipe that I love making. And there's these crispy croutons, but they're actually crispy chickpeas that go on top. So we, you can buy them easily from any kind of health food store, or any grocery store. But my thing is one can of chickpeas, some salt, garlic powder, olive oil, super simple recipe. And that's just in the, and they last all week. So just things like that, just challenge, I think just challenging yourself to think outside the box. And like you said, Trevor, like it, it is more work to get all the ingredients for oatmeal, but it's definitely worth it. You know, a little thing to, to evaluate how well you're doing. So when you buy whole foods, there's very little packaging associated with it. So if you have a lot of, so we separate where I live, we separate our garbage and our recycling in two different bags. And if you have a, if you bought a lot of value add products at the grocery store, you will also have a lot of packaging that goes with it, and that packaging will show up in your recycling when you take it out once a week, whenever they pick it up in your neighborhood, and evaluate how much of that you're throwing out, and that's a good indicator that I've observed that when you when you stop buying value added product, you stop having a lot of packaging in your house to get rid of. That is so true. And one final point I want to throw in for this, I, just because I, this this might apply to to individuals listening to this today, but and I, let me know if you experience this, Trevor, but you, I think it goes back to the marketing of things as well. But just being aware, when we are talking about kind of value-added products, we may feel that if we wander in down the healthy aisles of a grocery store that certain products with a higher price tag are worth it just because that they are deemed healthy but I think we do have to pay attention like Trevor was mentioning just kind of shopping the perimeter and being aware of what a whole food actually means because there are definitely a lot of markups to whether it's we always think instantly that there's markups to convenience foods but also foods that are uh, quote-unquote healthy as well so I think that and we may think we're doing good for ourselves and a good for our budget but I think that's just one area to exercise caution on. Actually, if there's any confusion around whole food and value-add food, whole food, it, it should pretty much, not across the board, but it, it should pretty much rot 
within a week, right? If you didn't, if you didn't refrigerate it, it should expire and be unedible in a week. That's why that's part of the reason you should go, go grocery shopping every week. But value add food, it, it has expiry dates measured in months or years. Oh yeah, that's a great distinction. Yes, definitely. Number seven, this goes back to Trevor's feelings on Costco. Number seven is beware of volume discounts. And I say beware of volume discounts in that, so a lot of people have seen that you don't always get, uh, it's not always cheaper to buy the the larger quantity. It's just a, a marketing ploy. That That's an obvious one. But the the more subtle one is your altered consumption. When you have a basement full of whatever, you will eat it, consume it, use it. I'm going to say more liberally than if you just had a limited supply. And a common one I've seen is paper towel. I do this myself. And I don't think you should, you should try to save money in paper towel. Absolutely. But when I know I got a basement full of this stuff, I'm grabbing, you know, a handful of it. But when I know I'm down to my last roll, I'm, you know, tearing sheets in half, <laughs> you know, cause I, I'm running out. So if you have like boxes and boxes of your favorite cereal, your favorite crackers or whatever it is you like, you'll eat and it'll also, it's unhealthy. You'll, you'll eat more of it than you should. And I think it's, if you don't have any self, if you struggle with self-control in terms of consumption of food, a quantity discounts are your enemy. So number eight, and I'm really happy you included this point in our list, Trevor. Number eight is beware of chasing sale items. Yeah, so beware of chasing sale items. It could be a trap. And most stores do price matching, but I have chased sale items, right? And I've gone to a store and, and, and picked up whatever was on, you know, half price. This is one I've used to chase down and I stopped doing this. I use olive oil and it's expensive. And I'll see olive oil on for, you know, $5 off and I'll go buy, you know, two or three bottles here. I'm stocking up, right? Using it liberally then. But when I'm there, I'll pick up a few things and I'll notice that the, the other things that they're more expensive. So a lot of times it's just to get you in the store. That's the trap. They're just trying to get you in the store. They'll make up the, 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 the discount they've put on the, the olive oil on some other products in the store. So, I, and if, if you, if you have a store that you know will price match, then, then just go to where you normally go. And this really goes back to my earlier question about the the store that you choose to shop at and if it makes a difference. So you're saying that by simply just kind of going to where you would normally go, realistically, things will just even themselves out because whether you're paying less on this item, you may be paying more on this item. I believe so. I mean, if if the stores you shop at have been in business for a while, like, like if somebody is uncompetitive, across the board, they will go out of business. That's what happens to people that don't stay price competitive at groceries specifically, but anything, you will go out of business. I mean, there's a point of equilibrium. It's pure economics. If, if your price is too high, you will not get the traffic in your store and you will go under. Number nine of 10 is buy in season. And this goes back to the grapes we were talking about earlier in this episode. So, I've been promoting Whole Foods, so I, I'm a big fan of, of Whole Food. You know, don't buy the value add and the processed stuff. But you can't just be buying cherries in January or grapes in January. Like, and if you if you do feel like fruit, buy frozen fruit. Like, you you have to be strategic with the seasons. So I mentioned I'm a vegan. So so if you are a meat eater, you can buy meat when it's on sale and put it in your freezer. Well, you can't buy lettuce when it's on sale and put it in your freezer. It'll just be a hot mess when you take it out. Like right? you, you can't eat that. Like you can't freeze. There, there's some food you can't freeze. Like just say bananas were on sale. I can't put this in my freezer, right? That it, it just they're not the same from frozen and, and then thawed. So you you have to be strategic. So when you're uh, eating as a vegan or vegetarian, for instance, you have to eat with the season. So when it's harvest season i mean it's anything's on the table 
But you get in the winter, you you have to start eating. Uh, this is an example. You don't have to be a vegan, to do this, but you have to start eating root based vegetables like turnip and, and and carrots and and beets. You start. You have to start eating the 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 food that has a long shelf life that tends to last over the winter. And two things are happening: you're, you're not paying a fortune for it, and it's it's still got it's a high high nutrition food. So if you're buying uh, hothouse tomatoes, they're not oozing with nutrients like a turnip is in the winter. So you, if you eat with the seasons, it'll be cheaper and more nutritious. And finally, point number 10 for how to save money on groceries is consider adopting a plant-based diet. So I, I've mentioned throughout this episode that I'm a vegan. I, I was a meat eater way back in my 20s, evolved into a vegetarian as I got older, and then further evolved into a vegan. And I talked about you know evolution earlier in the show, and that evolution was based on me assessing my health. So in my 20s, I, I think in your 20s, you can eat almost anything. It doesn't even have to be food. <laughs> you can eat anything and, and, and it, it will barely affect you. When you're 30, if you keep eating donuts and you know, crappy food, it'll start to show up on your body in terms of fat deposits, right? You'll, you'll start to have fats deposits collecting on your body where you don't want them. And if you continue that in your 40s, well, it's just going to get worse. So for me, as my health, as I, as I got older and evolved, I, I, I made my diet evolve. And I happen to think a, so vegan, it, it can mean a lot of things, but I like to call it a plant-based diet. So you got no meat, no dairy, no eggs. It's just plant-based food. And I, my, my, I remember when I first met my wife, my wife, she was a vegetarian and, and I was struggling with the concept of a vegetarian you know what what is a vegetarian you know what do you eat and i would be asking her you know playing 50 questions would well, you eat this do you, do you eat chicken do you eat eggs and she finally stopped me she says look if it had a face or a mother i don't eat it <laughs> and i thought well uh, you know that kind of takes a lot of questions off the board and but i'm not judging people who aren't vegetarians aren't vegans but i, I would say consider evo- your diet evolving as you age because your body's evolving. Its its needs are changing as you go. So if you don't alter your diet based on your body's needs, you will end up in, I'm not claiming to be a dietitian or anything, but I, I got to believe you'll end up in an unhealthy place. So it's, it, and from a financial standpoint, I think there's dramatic savings in a, in a plant-based diet. I mean, it is economically, it's, it's, I mean, the, the, the money associated with dairy and meat is compared to, to not buying that is, is it's significant. I do want to add in there though, that I like your distinction of plant-based diet as opposed to vegan diet. And again, their every lifestyle is perfectly acceptable, but when you are looking at whether maybe you are a, an omnivore and, and you consume meat and, and you, you could, whatever your diet is just looking at. I go back to kind of the the inside quote unquote healthy food items you can purchase the kind of the that can the quote unquote natural products things that just are labeled healthy but do are not always necessarily healthy. When we look at plant based, that usually kind of encompasses like Trevor was saying those whole foods. So it goes kind of back to that age old question: Oh, isn't diet X? Isn't lifestyle Y expensive? But I definitely think there's always a way to to do that in a very economical way when you are shopping the perimeter, regardless if that's meat and vegetables or whatever that may be for you. So Trevor, that brings us to the end of today's show on saving money on groceries. We started the show by talking about why you should want to get good at grocery shopping and, and concluded with our your 10 strategies on how to save money on groceries, how to make that possible. If there are any strategies we did not talk about today that you you just just live for every single week when you go grocery shopping, we would love to hear them. You can always reach out to us. We'll have the links to all that in our show notes. So you can refer back to that. And if there's any things that, any reasons, I guess, why you as well got really good at grocery shopping, we'd love to hear those as well. We'll have these, we'll have all the things we talked about today as well in our show notes. 
Thank you so much for being here with us for another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. We can't wait to have you back here with us for our brand new episode next week. Until then, keep it simple.